0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Health Nuts podcast with certified holistic nutrition consultants, Mary Vance and Caitlin Weeks. Our goal is to dispel mainstream nutrition myths and bring you the best in holistic health and real food education.
1: Hi, Caitlin. Hi, Mary. How are you? Doing
0: good. How about you? Great. Uh, We have a good guest today. It's our friend, Karen Sorensen, of living low-carb one day at a time. And she's authored a couple of books on low-carb, paleo, and egg-free eating and living, which is of interest to all of us. So we're going to welcome her in a bit, but before, just to get started, I'm going to read the disclaimer, and then we'll all catch up a little bit. The only purpose of this podcast is to educate and to inform. There is no substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided with the understanding that it does not constitute medical advice or services. Instead, we encourage you to discuss your concerns with a licensed healthcare provider. Caitlin Weeks and Mary Vance assume no liability for your activities in connection with this podcast. And you can find us on Facebook at grass Girl, and I'm Mary Vance Nutrition, and online at grassfedgirl.com and maryvancenc.com. So what's new with you, Caitlin, on your site and in your exciting world of holistic nutrition
1: um well i've been working on some posts haven't gotten them all up yet but uh i got a brownie roundup coming tomorrow a you know paleo gluten-free grain-free brownie roundup so that should be popular. Um, I have a gelatin macaroon on the subject of egg-free that I made with, with no eggs. And it's, you know, kind of like bouncy coconut balls.
0: Huh? that's pretty inventive. It's hard to do that.
1: <laughs> it kind of looks like those balls, remember, from the 90s that, <laughs> you know, the nerd, they were like kush balls.
0: <laughs> hi, yeah, hi, yeah. <laughs> and you they, 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 like squeeze them for stress or something too.
1: Um, so that's kind of what they look like. And yeah, I had I've been traveling some to Nashville and stuff to see my family and. Uh, so I haven't been all that productive, but you know, what's <laughs> new with you?
0: Well, I think that we pretty much are productive every day in in some way, trying to bring information to the masses. Um, On my site, I did a paleo lamb roast recipe, and it's really easy to do, and a lot of people get intimidated with roasting lamb because it seems complicated, but with the Easter holidays coming up, for those who celebrate it, lamb is a popular dish in the spring and for holidays, so there's that recipe up there. It's really easy to make. And then I wrote an article on how to manage migraines naturally. That's a big topic too. A lot of my clients suffer with migraines. And obviously if you go the conventional medical route, they just send you home with some really hardcore drugs and then you're not really addressing the underlying cause. So I have some tips to look for, for potential triggers and how to manage, manage your migraines naturally. And then that um, raw paleo key lime pie that I brought to our Blogger function uh, a couple weeks back. That recipe's posted. I originally got it from Kelly from Primally Inspired. I like love her recipes, and that's always a big hit. So
2: um,
0: that's what's new, pretty much.
1: Cool. Well, um, why don't we tell everybody what we had for breakfast today?
0: Well, all right. I had a. What do I have? Gelatin smoothie. (laughs) I just got back into town myself last night. And so there's nothing in the house right now. And that's always an easy, if I have frozen, I always have like frozen organic berries and coconut milk and tahini and gelatin around or protein powder that I like, pea protein. So it's an easy thing to have around in a pinch. Yeah,
1: well, I had kind of bulletproof coffee for breakfast. I um, do that some days when I'm just not hungry. Here, I'm staying with my parents, and they eat dinner like at 5 o'clock. So <laughs> it's like in the South, people eat like hella early. I don't get it. And
0: <laughs> Our so. I think citizens eat, eat earlier in the South. <laughs> in the,
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess my parents are getting old or. Yeah. Um, so, you know, by the time you just can't, I don't think you can squeeze three meals in before five. I mean, it's just a little ridiculous. So, uh, what about you, Karen? What did you have?
2: Well, I mean, I started with a big mug full of bone broth because I'm definitely trying to get my bone broth in every day. And uh, I actually made some homemade uh, breakfast sausage, so that was a nice, tasty breakfast.
0: <laughs> mm. Well, why don't we actually introduce our guest? That was Karen, who was telling us about her bone broth. Um, and tell us a little bit, kind of more about your site, and and tell us your Facebook page too.
2: So I'm actually. Um, transitioning my site to a new name called holistically engineered so it's now holistically the look of the site site is slowly um slowly changing and it'll have some updates here in the next few months but um i'm still on facebook at low carb one day and um that that'll change maybe uh well, you're, if,
1: you're gonna just do a, a redirect right
2: yeah, so lowcarbonday.com still gets gets to my new site so um easy to find.
1: And uh so I know you've you've written the Awaken which is a awesome book. It's all 30 egg-free recipes and that really helps to helps people who may have an egg sensitivity. I know me and Mary's program that we're putting out soon has an egg elimination. So that's really helpful for people who, you know, of course eggs are paleo, but, um, sometimes it's good to take them out for a little bit just to see, cause they're a common allergen slash sensitivity. And, um, you also have a book called, uh, squeaky, squeaky clean paleo, right? Yep. And, uh, and that's a really pretty book that, has wonderful photos and it kind of goes along with the whole 30 and 21 day sugar detox for people who kind of just need more ideas and they stay motivated with that. And uh, I know that one sold a lot on your website too, right?
2: Yeah, it's definitely a popular one. People trying to ditch that sugar habit. Um,
1: And so tell us, Tell us what inspired you first to write the Awaken book.
2: So, I mean, I guess starting just a little bit about myself, um, about three years ago, I was, you know, on the kind of standard American diet and on all kinds of medication and, you know, very overweight and just tired and no energy, that kind of thing. And, I just you
1: had acne too, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um terrible skin issues. So um did you
1: have any uh, like digestive problems?
2: Oh yeah, that was definitely a major major issue with me. Um I kind of was just living with it. Like that was a normal a normal thing that I just had to live with for the rest of my life and um I ended up, I started with like a low carb kind of Atkins diet just because I had done it before and, you know, it worked for me. Um, so I ended up losing like 85 pounds, but, um, and like my digestion got better and things like that, but I still felt like there was more I could do. Um, and I ended up starting my blog. And through blogging, I kind of discovered paleo and, you know kind of you know the idea of making sure you're eating food that nourishes your body and you know kind of get away from all the processed carbs and uh like the low low carb bars and stuff that I was still eating, so it was uh it was good to make the switch
1: artificial sweeteners and stuff like that,
2: yeah, definitely
1: and then and then, so what gave you the idea to? to do the egg free book?
2: So before I changed my diet, like my breakfast was cereal and kind of the most carb filled thing you could find (laughs) pancakes, waffles, all kinds of stuff. And um, so when I went low carb, I've never really handled eggs. Well, I've never really tolerated them. So that kind of made me not even like the taste of eggs. So breakfast was always really hard for me because I didn't want to eat eggs. <laughs> um, so I kind of had to be creative in what I had for breakfast. And people would always say, oh, just have leftovers for breakfast. But my leftovers really went to my lunch you know, because I'd have to go to work and I didn't want to have to worry about what I was going to take for lunch. So usually that was leftovers. Um, so I ended up, you know, kind of experimenting with breakfast and different ways to look at breakfast besides eggs all the time. Um, and I know I get asked a lot about, you know, what's wrong with eggs? You know, they're so healthy and I'm, I'm not an egg hater. So, um, it's definitely, you know, healthy, but if, uh, if you have a sensitivity or, you know, some people just get sick of eating eggs every day, it's just, um, some different recipes to add some variety to your diet. Well, the thing of
0: eggs too, is that I think that even like we've been saying there they are a common food allergen so a lot of people react to not only the protein in eggs they uh eggs the whites contain a lot of anti nutrients that can be gut irritants for people so they can cause a lot of problems for certain folks uh but in the other camp there are people that eat eggs every single day for breakfast and while it's true if you don't have a problem with eggs they can be really nourishing um but I still try to really encourage people not to eat the same exact thing every day because you want to give your body a good spectrum of nutrients. And, you know, sometimes you can actually develop food allergies by eating the same kinds of foods every day. And eggs tend to hide in a lot of things. I mean, you have eggs for breakfast, and then you're eating, you know, baked goods or things that have eggs in them. And uh, they, they they come up a lot in different dishes. So it's just good when you rotate foods in and out
1: um karen i i just want to commend you for like breaking the trend of you know we're we're both from the south and everything all three of us i guess and you know when you get down here again i mean i've been living in california for a long time and mary has too and you see just how far we have to go when you come back here and yeah, um, and you know it's so hard to break out of that every day get up eat cereal or muffins or donuts or, I mean, you see all these people and I was just in the line at Dunkin' Donuts. I was getting a coffee, (laughs) but, (laughs) um, the people in front of me, you know, paid $9 for 12 donuts. And I was thinking like, people say they can't afford, you know, nice food. And it's like, those people just spent $9 on donuts. (laughs) I'm like, that's not even, like, food at all. It's not going to make them full or anything, you know. I mean, a hamburger is more, you know, nutritious than a donut. Um, But anyway, I just was blown away. I mean, I always am, you know, by people drinking their big gulps and everything. And uh, so, Karen, how did you, like, break out of that and, like, change? Because it's so different from probably what your family did and...
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, people still think I'm crazy at like work or, you know, (laughs) stuff when I'm like, yeah, yeah, I mean, eat real, you know, eat butter or eat, you know, real fat coconut oil. You know, you can, you don't have to use that margarine or whatever, you know, they think I'm crazy, like, but doesn't fat make you fat? And I'm like, just eat real food. (laughs) It's not, you know, it's not difficult, but, um, so I just kind of had to you know listen to my body and do what was best for for you know what made me feel better and um and that's kind of worked for me and I just kind of Go, Go ahead. Sorry, just kind of keep that in mind when people are like stuffing down their carbs and process junk food. <laughs>
1: do you remember like what kind of switched in you like that made you switch from saying I've had enough of this like what what made you change
2: so I mean actually like I was having chest pains and I thought oh no like I'm going to have a heart attack like my heart is like I'm just been you know horrible to my body and um it turned out to be inflammation which is still wow. just as bad but um I was just like, no, I'm going to change and I'm not going to I'm not going to go back. So that was kind of a big wake up call for me because I was still I was pretty young. So it was crazy that I was having all these issues and I was in my 20s.
1: Yeah, aren't you still in your twenties?
2: <laughs> yeah, I still am, but so my early twenties. <laughs>
1: That's it's crazy that people getting sick younger and younger now. I, I didn't get sick till I was like thirty two or something, so um so tell us about so you must be an expert in egg free cooking and baking. Can you give us some hints? I mean about like substitutions and
2: yeah definitely my favorite like egg replacement is a chia egg which is basically one tablespoon of chia seeds um you mix that with about three tablespoons of water you stir it around and you let it sit for about five minutes and that forms a nice uh gel that's almost like an egg consistency and um that combination or replace one egg in a recipe. Um, Some people prefer to use flaxseed. I personally don't like the taste of it, so I don't use it, but that would work the same way. Um, And that kind of, the chia seed method works great with almond flour. Um, Hmm. And uh, usually um, if it's like two eggs or less, that's the best um, kind of easy substitute. Um, now coconut flour that can be a little more tricky because it requires a lot more moisture. Um, so with coconut flour, usually a combination of like, um, unsweetened applesauce with the chia or flaxseed eggs, um, will help. And with, and if you're using a, if you're using applesauce as a replacement, one egg is about a fourth of a cup of applesauce, or you could use like a butternut squash puree or, or any kind of fruit puree puree. Um, and I do have a handy chart in my ebook awaken, um, that talks about common egg substitutes and like what you would use them for. Like if, if an egg is used for leavening or binding in a recipe, um, and kind of how you can easily substitute eggs. How about
0: gelatin? Have you tried egg replacement with gelatin, and is that effective at all?
2: Yeah, yeah, I've definitely used gelatin. Um, It's the same kind of substitution. I have that listed in my uh, chart. Um, But it, it works great as a substitute for eggs, too.
1: But sometimes you can't bake gelatin, right? <laughs> or cook Excuse it. Me. Like... You, what happens? Like, well, it just, like, turns to mush, right? I mean, it doesn't really cook. So, uh, yeah, no. I'm baking it. with it.
2: Yeah, it depends on how much you're using. And, well, if uh, you
1: use it with other things, right? I mean, if... Yeah. Like, I tried to make, like... Um, I tried to make... Pancakes... With it and chia, or you know, and it
0: doesn't work. I mean, well, I've never heard of anyone successfully using coconut flour with egg-free baking. But you're you're saying that just the puree and the chia will, yeah. Be- it's,
2: it's usually a mix. I mean, it, like almond flour is my favorite way to use it. But um, yeah, coconut flour um, using the mix helps add that moisture that it needs. Um,
1: oh, but you applesauce you could also do pumpkin right
2: yeah pumpkin any kind of um like kind of creamy puree of fruit or veggies
0: and then we were talking earlier about breakfast and that's one of the biggest questions i address is what to eat for breakfast period but what are your some of your favorite egg-free alternatives for breakfast
2: so the easiest for me is, you know, just like a meat and veggies kind of thing. I had to get over like what breakfast you know, looks like, you know, it doesn't have to be pancakes and waffles and eggs and whatever, you know, a nice homemade sausage, you know, add your own spices. It's really easy to whip up, you know, your favorite vegetable topped with some ghee or butter or something like that, um, makes a nice filling breakfast. Um, and then that way you can do all kinds of combinations of spices and, you know, different varieties of meats. I make like a lamb sausage sometimes and stuff like that makes it, um, you know, add some variety to what you're eating. So you don't get tired of it. Um,
0: easy breakfast sausages are good. And people don't realize how easy those are to make. Or if you're even in a, a pinch, they have the bulk breakfast sausages at Whole Foods you can buy at the meat counter.
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, I also like smoothies. Okay. Um, that's a good way to get in some gelatin or um, throw in some aloe vera juice to kind of help with the gut healing so oh, that's, that's a
1: good, good
2: idea. Yeah, the aloe vera juice is good.
0: I have so many plants in my backyard.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um
1: So what other, what else do you put in your smoothies?
2: Usually it's uh coconut milk, um kinda a little bit of fruit, uh gelatin and uh like I'll use the frozen fruit so it makes it um Yeah, nice and creamy. And then uh, throw in the gelatin and some aloe vera juice and that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, and those are good. I get a lot of people saying they can't really fathom eating a lot of meat for breakfast. So smoothies are a very good option for someone who likes a lighter breakfast. Or even, you know, those porridges I really like, too. There's a lot of grain-free porridge recipes that don't have eggs in them, and they use... Uh, Pumpkin or almond butter or or coconut butter. There's ones with chia. The the chia breakfast porridges are good. So those are also some of my favorite kind of meatless, but still high protein breakfast. And you put gel. I can put, or I tell people to put gelatin in on those too. And it helps to thicken them up a little bit. And it also gives you your protein.
1: You have one in your book, right, Karen?
2: Yeah, I have a couple of porridge-type recipes in my book. Some of them use seeds and some of them use um, even cauliflower kind of with some fruit to make it um, a bit of a porridge. I also have um, some kind of grain-free faux oatmeal-type things on my um, blog that I really like because you can kind of mix up a—it's kind of like an instant oatmeal you'll— mix up the blend of seeds and like coconut and stuff and then you just add water and like coconut milk and in the morning when you're ready to eat and it's uh all ready to go in a couple minutes
0: great cool
1: now what now tell us about your second book that one was really really went over well so tell us about that one
2: Yeah. So squeaky clean paleo is basically, you know, you know, back to the basics of real food, you know, no sweeteners kind of help you get over that sort of sugar addiction that can, you know, easily happen when you're eating too many carbs or, or, uh, that kind of thing. Um,
1: sometimes people need to a reset after maybe they've been doing too many paleo treats and stuff like that. Right.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, especially around like, you know, the holidays or, you know, different holidays throughout the year, you kind of indulge a little too much and, uh, it's good to kind of reset. Um, also I like to use those sort of nutritional reset periods to, like, eliminate, like we talked about, eggs, or for some people, that's dairy or um, nightshades or anything like that to kind of have that 30 days without those foods. And then you can kind of introduce them back and see if you're sensitive to them. And uh, that helps. So, I wanted to write up, I've done a few of these kind of whole 30 kind of sugar detox kind of things. And I've created a lot of recipes that help me, you know, not get bored with what I was eating. And um, so I put that together and into my book.
0: And that's also a really good jump start for someone who wants to just kind of transition into the real foods lifestyle or kind of a more paleo lifestyle too. And a lot of, a lot of people really appreciate a good guidebook for that.
2: Yeah, definitely. A lot of people that follow my site, you know, our low carb kind of like Atkins style, low carb. And, um, this sort of thing has helped them transition to, um, you know, real food and maybe trying not to have dairy for the month and seeing what improvements. And I know a lot of people have had, you know, improvement in their eczema when they tried this sort of thing. And, skin conditions and you know of course weight loss and stuff like that so it's been it's been really good for people
1: i think sometimes people can can make their definition of paleo a little bit too wide and they think that they can tolerate all these things but really they can't and uh or they're not not yet maybe they introduce them too early or Whatever. So what are some of the mistakes you see that people do on a whole 30 or a 21 day sugar detox?
2: I mean, the biggest thing I find is people focus on what they can't have. Like, Oh, I can't have, you know, anything sweet. And I couldn't possibly give up, um, you know, butter in my coffee instead of ghee. I don't know. I get all kinds of, um, things like that. And, it's just like that attitude, it makes it harder for, for you to kind of overcome those mental barriers with um, kind of resetting your diet. So I personally like to focus on all the delicious food I can have and, you know, kind of eat till you're full and, you know, not worry about you know, all the stuff you can't have. And I never really feel like I'm missing out because there's so many, you know, real food tastes really good. And as your taste buds kind of change, when you kind of give up the sugar for a little while, you notice things start to taste better. And it's really, really great experience. Um, Also, a lot of people like tend not to be prepared. They, um, I mean, everybody's busy. I know I'm crazy busy with work and the blog and all kinds of other stuff going on. But, um, so I like to kind of plan, you know, and be prepared and make sure I have a lot of food. And if I know I'm going somewhere where my choices aren't going to be, you know, that great, I kind of anticipate that and, you know, have some food with me that I can, uh, be prepared and not, not feel like I'm missing out.
0: Yeah, that's the biggest thing. And, and there are always whole food substitutions of people's favorite foods. It's really easy to make a lasagna out of ground beef and zucchini ribbons or eggplant. And if you're doing dairy-free, you can even make a savory cashew cream. I mean, there are a million ways to find acceptable and delicious whole food substitutions for your favorite, you know, junk foods if you're transitioning off that.
2: Yes, yeah, definitely, because sometimes I can make it easier um, to make the transition. I know I made that sort of lasagna. I have a recipe on my site and it's so good you wouldn't even know it wasn't, it didn't have dairy in it. So,
1: is that that roll one? It looks like a roll.
2: Oh, that's like the fajita rolls, but I have oh, okay. a, I have a lasagna one that's really good.
1: Oh, awesome!
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, all your pictures are so good. It looks—I always want you to make me dinner, but you're not there.
0: Yeah, it's hard to find a good, dairy-free, dairy-free lasagna recipe. I'll definitely have to try that.
1: So, what do you see when people like? I feel like people make mistakes when they come off of their whole 30 or 21 day sugar detox. Like what do you, what do you have for them? Tips for them coming off of it?
2: Yeah. I mean, it can definitely be challenging because sometimes, you know, if you do like a 30 day kind of reset, you know, by the 30th day, you're like, you know, Oh my gosh, I want some chocolate or, I really need some wine or something like that. Um, so I just try to kind of remind myself like all the progress I've made in those 30 days. And I try to keep up with that same basic, you know, eating habits for, for as long as I can. And, you know, try to steer clear of the treats and stuff like that. And, you know, things come up, but I try to, you know, get back to, um, more of a clean eating type thing as soon as I can. And it's also good, like, if you were, you know, specifically trying to do, like, a elimination-type diet to figure out sensitivities, it's good to slowly add that sort of thing back into your diet so you're not adding them all at once and not sure what you actually reacted to. And sometimes it could take a few days to really notice any changes. So, um just try not to, you know, jump in too quickly.
0: Yeah, that's always good advice. And it really does take about 30 days, I think, for people to notice or a huge shift. I mean, some people, if you have a lot of inflammation or, or if your goal is to lose weight, they'll notice results right away. But, you know, if you're if you're in a weight loss kind of plateau or... You know, working to reverse health conditions, it does take a good 30 days before things really start to get moving. And and then you can kind of continue with your results from that point. But you're right. It's also another big mistake I see people make is adding in, you know, too many foods all at once or just going back to exactly how they were eating because now their challenge is over. And then you're kind of undoing all your hard work and you're not clear which foods are affecting you how. So that's also a good piece of wisdom.
1: So Karen, what you know, I know you you have been healing yourself for the last several years. What kind of things have
2: you learned
1: to that maybe help somebody else who's maybe just beginning?
2: <laughs> Basically, I mean, there's no like one-size-fits-all approach and sometimes you kind of have to be patient and um like listen to you know, the kind of the clues your body gives you and what makes you feel the best. Um, You know, I know I've been trying to kind of heal my digestion and it's gotten a lot better. Um, But um, I'm just trying to figure out what, you know, what works with me and um, kind of learning as much as I can um, to to figure out what what will work for me.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, um, have you, have you you had to change anything about your lifestyle along the
2: way? Yeah. I mean, I've kind of learned that it's not just food. I mean, there's all kinds of, you know, you have to, my day job is, has me sitting at a desk all day. So I have to find other ways to get moving and, you know, I'm kind of made a DIY treadmill desk. So when I'm home, uh, working on the blog at night, I can, uh, work from my treadmill desk and actually get some movement into my day. So, um, that has helped. And also kind of just realizing that there's toxins and all kinds of, you know household cleaning products and laundry detergent and even your toothpaste and stuff so it's uh it's been interesting to see kind of make those changes and start being aware of what I'm putting you know around me and on my body as opposed to just in it
0: yeah the we call that kind of our total toxic load you know and when- People are kind of piling on the chemicals in various avenues from cleaning products to beauty care products and pollution. We talk a lot about that in various podcasts and on our all of our blogs. So that's, that's always a huge lifestyle shift is the more you can pare down the chemicals that you're using, the lower your total toxic load will be. And the, the better your body will function because we're not kind of meant to be Bathed in toxins, and they get stored in fat cells, and it can affect your endocrine function, and and just cause poor health in general for sure. What
2: about, what
1: about stress, Karen?
2: <laughs> yeah, that's definitely one I've struggled with, especially in the last year. Um, this is probably about a year ago. I had uh, gotten back from a trip, and I basically could barely get out of bed. Like I. I couldn't do, I couldn't do anything. All I wanted to do was sleep and, you know, kind of eventually getting my adrenals tested and, and seeing that they weren't uh, functioning as they should. (laughs) So I've kind of had to, to reduce the stress and, and let it, let things go. You know, I don't have to get everything done. You know, I can let some things go and, uh, Kind of be cons- conscious of that and not work too hard and
1: uh is there any strategies you've come up with
2: <laughs> strategies <laughs> I mean <laughs> I mean I'm not perfect, but I try to you know get more sleep and turn off the electronics and and kind of wind down a bit before bed, so I'm not uh thinking about all the things I have to do. I make a lot of to-do lists so I can let it go and not keep me up at night. Um, So that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, those are all good lifestyle hygiene and sleep hygiene habits for sure. But as you'll know in this field, the main piece of advice practitioners give is to get more sleep. And that's really kind of where the, Healing takes place. Just move more and sleep more if possible. And those are two of the most healing things that you can do.
2: Yeah, definitely.
0: So
1: let's go. It's really popular on your side and my side is, is low carb diet. Is, and people are obsessed with low carb dieting. And, you know, what, what are some, you have more probably readers like that than I do. And what are some mistakes you see them getting into that, that, that you think would, they would be healthier to avoid?
2: I mean, a a few of them, and these are all things that I've done personally. So I know, I know, uh, kind of what they can do, but like a lot of times, people think that low carb is just like a protein kind of meat fest and you just eat all kinds of protein you want. And that's fine because it doesn't have carbs, but you know, you kind of have to really find the amount of protein that works for you. Cause sometimes that added protein can almost act like sugar, um, and raising your insulin. So, it's just important to kind of be aware of that, that, you know, eating all kinds of meat just just because it has no carbs isn't always the best option.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. And, and then people tend to go too low carb with that, possibly, and they're just loading up on the protein and not, I mean, you need a lot of vegetables because those are what have the antioxidants and the phytonutrients in them. And balance that with fats, too. So that's definitely one of the biggest ones, I think, too.
2: Definitely. And a lot of times it's, uh, you know, vegetables are kind of can be too many carbs and things like beets or carrots. And I hear that all the time, like, how can you use carrots in a recipe or, or beets? And, you know, it's good to get a variety. I mean, I don't eat, you know... I mean my job has me staying at a desk so I don't um and I'm not doing kinda crazy exercise all the time um with my adrenal so I usually tend to keep my carbs fairly low, you know, but adding some things like carrots and beets or whatever occasionally isn't going to um be the end of the world. It's still, you know, they're still full of nutrients that your body needs.
0: Yeah, and then and here again is where we go back to our there's never a one-size-fits-all approach because everyone has a different carb tolerance and everyone has kind of different goals for why they're kind of exploring this lifestyle anyway. But those, yeah, a lot of those root vegetables offer some amazing health benefits too. So you just it just also depends on the person.
1: Also, when you eat a whole lot of protein it's really hard to digest and most people who are having some sort of health breakdown have really low stomach acid so they can have a hard time processing all that meat.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, That's definitely one of my biggest problems. Um, So that's probably why I've had to learn to not go crazy with the protein um, because of my stomach conditions and having i had h pylori and stuff like that so my stomach acid's definitely on the lower side
1: <laughs> Oh wow that's interesting so what did what what were you what did you do i'm sure that i mean that's really common and it's really easy to transmit between uh people in the same family so what did you do how did you get get rid of that
2: well, I mean, um and the like before um before I changed my diet, I had tried the antibiotic approach and um I never got retested um to see if it actually went away. So I I could have been, you know, I could have had it for years, but um this time I tried a herbal approach and um I just actually wrote a blog post about kind of the different things I I use like oil oregano and, um, things like that to help get rid of it. And, um, so that was about a six week herb protocol. And then I, uh, switched to, uh, you know, kind of a gut healing, nuts of bone broth and gelatin and kind of, kind of like a gaps style diet to, uh, kind of help heal my gut and, uh, also lots of probiotics to replenish all the good bacteria.
1: Wow. Sounds just like what we've always taught.
2: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, So I, so I got retested this time and it's, uh, it was gone. So that's definitely a good thing.
1: Well, sometimes, I mean, we've talked about this before, when you get really run down, you're kind of this open door for all these pathogens. And then, you know, when you build your immune system up again, you can probably fight it off the next time, you know, as long as you don't try to write another book.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the, the thing. I was, I was saying H. pylori is so common and we're exposed to these kinds of bacteria and pathogens all the time. And if your digestion is working well and your pH and your stomach acid is low enough, you know, it should be around a two, it should kill all those bad bugs. But, you know, stress causes our stomach acid to become more alkaline and that doesn't kill off all these things sometimes. And then they can take hold. And and so that's why it's always good to uh, keep your digestion fine-tuned and in good working order. I, I used
1: to think when I first got sick that I didn't know that you should normally be able to fight them off. I just thought... Well, that,
0: everybody's a victim. That
1: just, yeah, I just thought forever now I was just going to get these things, and that was it. I had no recourse to, like, no defense system. And then I didn't know that you actually, if you're normally functioning, you should be able to... Not get them, but (laughs) so I was a little relieved because I was thinking, "Oh my gosh, I'm gonna get everything."
0: I think a lot of people think that, but yeah, (laughs) the the idea is to keep your your gut healthy and your immune system in tip top shape, and then you can fight it off.
1: Yeah, I mean, I got a gut test this year, and I barely had anything wrong with me. And the lady that was helping me, the nutritionist I was working with, she was like. Yeah, I mean that's like one of the best tests I've seen. I was like, "Oh, I, I, I got an A." Usually, it's, <laughs> you know, it's, usually I don't get good grades, but. <laughs>
2: um,
0: yeah, it's always a relief.
1: Yeah. So it sounds like you've come a long way, Karen, and you know it's great you're helping other people, and your site is beautiful, and. Uh, you know, we can always, now you're you're shifting into writing more articles, I've noticed.
2: Yeah, and that's kind of why I went with the name change, um, just kind of allowing me to expand because I'm going through so many, you know, things to improve my own health that it's more than just low-carb, so i want to kind of bring in all of that information. And, uh, you're not
1: Sarah. doing just recipes anymore.
2: Yeah, definitely talking about, you know, gut healing and kind of like the H. Pylori thing and all kinds of adrenal fatigue, stuff like that, that I've experienced personally. And that will hopefully help others that are going through the same type of uh, issues.
1: Did Have you noticed people responding? Do they give you good feedback?
2: Yeah, I mean, especially... Um, the H. pylori, I got a lot of, uh, you know, people interested in what I did and, um, that sort of thing. And even a few people that thought I was crazy for taking herbs, but yeah, you know, <laughs> it worked for me. I mean, I well, you already
1: with, did the other thing. So yeah,
2: I had tried, I had tried antibiotics before. So, I mean, you ultimately work with somebody that, you know, is knowledgeable and, a, a professional and make the best decision that works for you. So I'm just trying to share what worked for me so that maybe it'll help somebody.
1: That's great. Have um, So tell us where people can find your site and your books and everything.
2: So the new site is holistically engineered and that's because I'm a engineer for my day job. So kind of transitioning from, you know, my engineer by day and then kind of real foodie, natural living, um, in my free time. (laughs) So,
1: uh, soon I'm sure you'll, you'll be a full-time blogger.
2: (laughs) Maybe someday.
1: (laughs) Um, what a cute name. I mean, how did you think of that?
2: (laughs) I got some, I got a really cool idea from, you know, a good friend.
1: <laughs> I think I helped you a little bit. Yeah,
2: Caitlin <laughs> likes to take credit, and I let her because I can't come up with anything. <laughs>
1: well, I don't know if I came up with the whole thing, but I gave you a lot of ideas, so. Yeah. Um, well, a lot of them, our ideas were taken, so you have to keep going back to the drawing board, like yeah. you would say. um. Yeah, I'm going to – that lady already had our name.
0: <laughs> Her name, yeah, because especially with your engineering background, it definitely fits. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I just can't wait to see it all fixed up and everything. Have you got your logo yet?
2: Yeah, I have the logo. I'm working on getting the site uh, redesigned, so hopefully over the next month or so start uh, getting that going. It's such
1: a process to, like, change all your pictures. I would kill myself.
2: Well, I'm just going to leave the picture. (laughs)
1: Oh, you are? Okay. I mean, I
2: think, like,
1: (laughs) people understand, like, you go through transitions. I mean, you're not always going to be the same person. And you change, you know, you learn and you grow and you get older and things happen. I mean, they got to understand, like, that, you know, something you did in 2010 is going to be different from what you're doing today. So I think people will be excited by the evolution of your site. You have anything to add, Mary?
0: Just to get excited about our upcoming guests, we have Liz Wolf and the Civilized Caveman coming on soon. and
1: We're also going to interview Evelyn Lambrecht from Elevate Your Energy. She is going to talk to us about how to pick good supplements, she is, she works for a big supplement company, natural supplement company, and she's going to tell us what kind of criteria to look for so that we can make the best choices and not waste our money.
0: Yeah, that's really important. And everyone check out Karen's site and download her books and look at all the beautiful photographs on her site. (laughs) (laughs) And thanks for being our guest, Karen. We really appreciate you coming on and having
2: you.
1: I'm sure you helped a lot of people with your journey, Karen. And I can't wait to see you at Paleo FX.
2: Yeah, it should be fun. I can't wait. All (laughs) right. Thanks so much. Have a good night. Bye.